In the Booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw! You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. And welcome, everybody. Another beautiful day. Game day. Game day yesterday, this time of year, Aren't game day every all? day. Every day. Syracuse women with a win last night, no surprise, against Maryland Eastern Shore. The men going for their 54th consecutive victory against Colgate tonight at the Dome and uh, football Saturday on the road at Duke. So uh, lots happening this week, and we're delighted to be here to uh, talk with you about it. Tommy's at the controls, Brian Higgins alongside as well. We've got a lot of things there. I like when Seth has a good, meaty, newsy update because there's a lot of things to react to. First and foremost, uh, welcome to everybody on uh, Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Talk, our burgeoning uh, Twitch channel. We're going to have lots more to uh, tell you about it as we uh, continue to build that there. But you can come and see the show and watch uh, on Twitch and participate. Brian will get the uh, chat flying around there. But you also, Brian, have come up with a good alternative use for Twitch that might answer a question about our palatial yeah. studio here. I uh, say, I mean, it's just every day we come in and there's the same shows and you know, people sit in different in front of different microphones and whatnot in the shows. Literally every day I've been in here, the chairs are in a different order, which is hard to do for many reasons. The table to the wall at this end, yeah, those people you like really Twitch, have to move. As you can see Twitch, I'm touching the wall from, I'd say I'm not cramped, but to fit, Chairs side by side next to each other in this alley, that that could cause you to miss a segment. Mm-hmm. You get stuck. There's a lot going on. So I'm just, I may have to sit here. I may have to miss the show one day this week and just sit here staring at the Twitch just out of curiosity to see where the chairs are going. The delightful thing about the Twitch is you can sit anywhere and watch the Twitch that happens to be here. That camera's not going anywhere. Well, that's true. So you but I, have I don't, to sit I don't here. well, I don't want to be in the, I don't want to, uh, Discourage people's behavior. I'm, I'm, this is well, not. This saying. is not an accusation. This is a, a curiosity of how the chairs every day seem to be at a different. I think I've sat in a different chair. I have. I've not sat in the same chair in consecutive days in like a month. Right. Well. Good luck with that. And, we'll, we'll see how that. Uh, and this is not to up. solve anything. This is just out of my own curiosity. This is what is happening while I get ready for to do these shows. Where where are the chairs? And maybe they played some sports. Do you have anybody on your suspect list? Do you have a, a top suspect yet? I don't think it's one person. I think it's literally every time a show starts, the chairs get rearranged. It's like a Rubik's Cube and nobody can solve it. Okay. And there really are only the handful of chairs, which also just sparked another thing. Is Aaron's service on the football team especially good at Rubik's Cube? Because that's a Dino Babers. Uh, that's, yeah, that's the. Uh, I have not seen him uh, do it, but... I have heard that that is the case, that he is good at Rubik's Cubes and oft has ones around. We may need to bring... Put that on the well, list. Well, we could bring yeah. him in to solve, but the problem is he's a large man, and if he's moving the chairs <laughs> right. in here, he may literally get stuck. He is very large, and uh, the key will be, how about those large people? Are they going to be in the right place and moving in the right direction come uh, Saturday, the football game at Duke? we got a lot of ground to cover before we get to that. We'll visit with Adam Terry on the show tomorrow to get uh, his regular Thursday preview thoughts 
on the matchup with the Orange and uh, Duke in Durham. Syracuse is uh, over the conference season so far. Duke has lost three in a row, so both teams need uh, a spin in the right direction come Saturday. Then the Orange will be on the road the following Saturday at uh, Louisville uh, before Wake Forest comes into the Dome to wrap the regular season. And uh, well-known by now, Syracuse needs to win all three in order to uh, earn a bowl and make a bowl for the uh, second consecutive season. So the odds are long, but uh, they head out to do that uh, starting this Saturday. We'll have the broadcast for you uh, with a 4 o'clock kickoff and pregame show certainly before that leading up to it. Tonight, the Orange on the basketball court take on Colgate, and we've hinted at this one throughout the week. This is going to be a closer-than-you're-used-to game with Colgate. I do not fear for Syracuse losing this game, and I think... Kentucky losing last night and getting clipped by Evansville, mm-hmm. which is a very college basketball November kind of thing, especially this year. It's like when you open the NCAA tournament on a Friday instead of Thursday, I think you're less prone to the upset because one or two have already happened as an attention grabber. And I'm sure that's statistically not correct, but the thought process is absolutely correct. And that's what's important. Right. And so... I am sure the uh, HOFer made note of that uh, last night. We had uh, the first Jim Beheim show of the season out at Carabas, and shout out to the folks that uh, came out and those that uh, set us up there. It's a great place to do the show. And as we tend to do during the breaks, we're looking at the scores, and I was focusing on the ACC stuff, and Pittsburgh was on in a game that we had on the tube. Pittsburgh beat Robert Morris on the road, which is interesting, and Notre Dame and Duke were playing, and they were in decent shape. And Coach was looking at his phone, and sees that Kentucky and Evansville are tight, that I get on the Twitter and I see it's tight and it continues to be tight, and people are saying, hey, get to SEC Network to watch this. And by the time I actually got in front of a TV screen at home, they were just going to the interview with the coach. I wasn't aware prior to that that the coach of Evansville is Walter McCarty. Walter McCarty. Yeah. Who was on the 96 team. (laughs) Right. That beat Syracuse in the title game. Right. So uh, Walter McCarty, who was rocking, and you could tell he laid it out you know, for this big game coming back to his alma mater with the Purple Aces. He was in this gray suit. He's got the gray beard. He's got the purple tie. And what's a better moment than doing that? It, we were talking about it with uh, Coach Babers this morning. That would be the equivalent of, say, John Wallace leading like Albany into the Dome and winning. Mm-hmm. With Syracuse being number well, also one. also <laughs> wearing a lot of purple, because that's one of Albany's <laughs> That's right. That's right. So that would be uh, the equivalent of it. And huge, huge win for Evansville. Obviously doesn't do a ton for Kentucky, but uh, you know they they have plenty of time to, to put that in the rearview mirror. But a very cool thing. And uh, at any rate, those are the types of games that, Kate, when they happen in March, they're this, oh, I love the tournament. Oh, yep. this is great. Upset. Of course, Evansville is not a, t- a tournament team. Those things do happen over the course of the season. And for those upsets, the the small conference versus the major conference, for those things to happen, they, they happen at this time of year because that's when these uh, types of games are played. Um, I don't think that will happen with Colgate tonight. I think Syracuse, while this is maybe the best Colgate team ever, uh, certainly the best since the Adonal Foyle era in the mid-'90s, I just don't think they're going to have enough in the long run because it's a team that is going to rely on shooting it, and unless they absolutely shoot it lights out, uh, I think Syracuse will be fine in this game with still plenty to work on and and, uh, a work in progress. I don't think this will be a pretty win, 
Certainly the community could use a little bit of a bloodletting <laughs> if Syracuse could come out and score uh, 75, 80 points. I think would make people feel a, a whole lot better. But uh, this will be a tighter one uh, with an orange victory tonight in the Dome, I believe. I'd say th- this feels a little like those games with Cornell about 10-ish years ago, Ryan Whitman and that whole crew, and they were really good, made the tournament a few years in a row, and it was the best Cornell teams that ever existed, and they came in, and a few times they gave the Orange a run for their money, hit a boatload of threes, Syracuse won the game. It kind of feels like maybe it could be that tonight, because it's those type of Colgate teams. they got a lot of guys they can shoot. They play in the building every year, so they got a sense of what they're getting themselves into, which I think always helps in these type of scenarios when you're the other team. And that's the thing it made me think of, and the good thing is Syracuse won those games. But you get pushed a little bit, and we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. But I think it's either a closer. I just can't see Colgate winning the game, famous for last words. But I think Syracuse gets pushed a little bit. I don't think this is... The runaway, which of course means that Syracuse will come out in like five threes early and say goodnight. But and they if, might. But that's the possibility. If Syracuse plays max level and Colgate plays max level, then Syracuse can step on them a little bit. I will say based on Syracuse's practice yesterday, they're really working on a lot of things that are at the beginner level for some of these guys in terms of rotations, getting out to shooters defensively, and if Colgate is on, and they may or may not be, you know, they're playing their third game of the season already. They're on the road at Clemson, at Syracuse. Their next one is at Auburn. You know, that does take a lot out of you. Last year in the game here in November, they made eight three-pointers in the first half. It was a three-point game. From that point on, Syracuse was able to kind of clamp down a little bit and make it a lot harder on Colgate. So I think that is their really their only way to stay in the game. And this is an opportunity for Syracuse. they got to get better on the boards. If you cannot rebound Colgate, then uh, we're going to have – real concerns over the, the course of the season. Can Jesse Edwards get in and make a mark? Can Robert Braswell get in and make a mark? Those, to me, are, are the more intriguing questions than you know what you're going to see out of you know Buddy Bayheim and Elijah Hughes, etc. I think we know what the, those guys will be over the course of the season. We'll talk about all of that with Mike Waters when we have him join us on the show here in a few moments. We'll also play Pick 6. We've got tickets to the Seattle game. We've got uh, pizza to give away, and uh, we'll work through that a bit later in the show. So get ready to call us and try your hand at Pick 6. I looked around the room. The pizza's not here. No, I did just do a quick scout of the room and was disappointed. No, the key thing about the pizza giveaway They're is gonna you, make wanna, it for you. you want people to get it on their own terms and their own timing. Well, I was hoping it was going to be on my terms <laughs> and my time. I've not won pick six. Maybe you can, uh, and no. that'll work out better for you. We've not used – I think Brian is so smart that uh, pick six wouldn't be as fun with Brian. He would knock it all down. We've occasionally had the uh, one guest contest or another lifeline, uh, that type of thing, to uh, to come on the show. But uh, I don't think Mike uh, pantomiming the answers today is going to help no. anybody due to it only being a, a phone situation. And Mike's not going to be here either, yes. So so we'll check that out. Back with more as we uh, roll along in the booth on uh, ESPN Radio in just a moment. In the booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. Rolling on the show. Good to have you with us. Mike Waters of the uh, Syracuse.com basketball beat in just a couple of moments uh, here on the show. Looking ahead to Orange basketball tonight. The Cuse and Colgate. That is a 7 o'clock tip-off, 5.30 pregame. Over on TK99. Welcome to those of you watching us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Sports Talk. And uh, good to have you along. Bill in New Hartford joins us on the phone. Hello, Bill. Uh, hi. Good afternoon. Uh, 
I was checking out uh, Evansville record last year. Did you see their record from last year? I think they won like eleven games. Yeah, eleven and twenty-one. So I I would have to say that had to be one of the biggest upsets in uh, major college basketball that I can remember in yeah, a it's long a, time. A pretty big one. I don't know how much uh, that is. You know, really charted early in the year. I'll tell you the upset is why hasn't Evansville kept the sleeved jerseys? They were the last to hold on to that until fairly recently, I think. So when I turned that on TV, I kind of expected them to still be, do what's unique, right? If you can hang on to, to something. that would I don't know if that would be help or hurt in recruiting, but it would set them apart. It was kind of like baseball jerseys that they used to wear. I think I, uh, I don't know what that does for your range of motion, but they. I they, don't know. Maybe it does limit it. Maybe, obviously, there's a reason that basketball teams wear shirts under their they, basketball jerseys now, anyway. That's so true. So there, maybe there's a way they time. could have done it that was modern or cool. But no, Bill, you're right. I mean, that's uh, certainly a major upset. I just think that we don't view it that way in college basketball, November, December games. I mean, when you talk about greatest upsets of all time, one that comes to mind, and Mike Waters will know about this, is a November tournament, right? It's Chaminade against Virginia uh, with Ralph Sampson in the 80s. So we, when we start to think about biggest upsets, that's on the list, but then we shrug our shoulders because there's the tournament at the end of the year. Am I right about that, Mike Waters? I remember when news of that Chaminade win over Virginia, and that was a Ralph Sampson Virginia team, when that traveled back to the United States, and I was still an undergrad in North Carolina. So, you know, at that point in time, it's like, you know, something happened to Virginia. Ralph Sampson got beat by who? Uh, that was amazing. Um, yeah, that, that Evansville game last night was, was quite remarkable. It's, you know, Evansville's coached by a former Kentucky player in Walter McCarty, so he's getting a, basically a homecoming game. You know, a lot of times those home, homecoming games are nothing more than paydays for the, for the smaller school uh, and, a, and a usually about a 20-point loss and a pat on the head and, uh, here's the check. Um, did a little bit different last night. Evansville's got a, a a team that's much older than Kentucky. You know, you're talking about an early season game with a very very young Kentucky team. And I know last week they beat a Michigan State team, but when you're young, you can be good, but you're not going to be consistent most of the time. And so I think you're looking at a Kentucky team that had a had a had an off night. You know, came down off of last week's high and ran into an Evansville team that played very solid basketball. They have the transfer from Kansas, Cunliffe, who had a really good game. And, you know, those kind of kids for a team like Evansville can play a big role. Um, yeah, but still, that's a pretty big upset. You know, and in recent years, you think about UMBC beating Virginia. Right. And I don't even think UMBC was quite as big an underdog in terms of points as Evansville was. But, uh yeah, it was quite a game. I, did you catch any of it? Because I did. I, I caught the entire second half. No, uh, the the stakes certainly much higher in the case of uh, UMBC. You know, the only thing I caught, as I, I said before we brought you on, Mike, is that uh, Coach Beheim and I, during the game or during the radio show, we're always kind of checking scores of other things. And so he's got the app, and he w- I was looking mostly at ACC stuff. He was looking at national stuff. So, so he was on it uh, seeing that one uh, brewing. And Mike Waters is our guest, uh, as always, furnished by Oswego County Mutual Insurance. He mentioned Sam Cunliffe, who's a highly recruited player, much more highly recruited than Evansville typically gets. And uh, he started his career at uh, at Kansas. He made the game-winning free throws or the icing free throws last night. Uh, Mike, here's the crazy thought I had when that, that score came across and saw that Walter McCarty had been their head coach, that McCarty and John Wallace were both drafted by the Knicks within 
if memory serves, Mike, it was something like within three picks of each other in, in the same draft after that season to basically play the same position, and somehow that didn't work out for the Knicks or either of them. That, that was just the, the thing that struck my mind last night. Yeah, and, and the fact that that was Walter McCarty who played on that 1996 Kentucky team, and he and John Wallace went against each other yep. in the Meadowlands in the NCAA title game. Um, you know, imagine that. You know, like, like what if John Wallace had led, uh, I don't know, St. John Fisher back to the Dome and beaten Syracuse? That's what Walter McCarty just did. You know, Walter, I, I believe I heard on the broadcast last night that he's a native of Evansville, so he's back in his hometown coaching the Purple Aces, and, you know, what a heck of a win for him. But, uh, yeah, linked, linked in many ways to John Wallace and Syracuse in and, and 1996. Well, that's incredible. As uh, we visit with Mike Waters, the uh, you and I saw something today online, also a, a kind of outcropping of Kentucky basketball that makes us feel old, Mike, and that is that uh, Richard Patino, the head coach at Minnesota, has uh, signed Jamal Mashburn Jr. Mm. as a recruit. Yeah, that one hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I remember covering Jamal Mashburn's recruitment. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Syracuse had some involvement. Yeah, and, for, uh, the first know, you, you, uh, <laughs> major, co- really, I think, the first major college basketball game that I ever saw, not counting Syracuse, was... I think two top 10 teams are close enough. Kentucky at Notre Dame, Jamal Mashburn versus LaFonso Ellis in a packed uh, Joyce Center. That was a, uh, that was a scene back then. And Oh, absolutely would be. And then LaFonso Ellis in college was amazing. He was now on uh, college game day and his son, he's got a son playing college basketball as well at Bucknell. I assume he's still on the team. We'll see him uh, in a week and a half here in the dome. So it all comes Full circle. And which of Coach K's players is going to ruin all those people's memories this time? Because they, <laughs> they did it last time, and he's still churning along. Yeah, yep, finding a way. So, Mike, the uh, game tonight, and part of the reason we got off on this contangent, uh, tangent uh, related to the Kentucky win yesterday was, you know, again, if Colgate were to beat Syracuse, that would be far less of an upset than what we're talking about there. But I think when those things do happen, it uh, further uh, hardens the favorite so that uh, – in, on back-to-back nights, those things shouldn't happen, and uh, I think the home team here is is they've got to get things lined up sooner or later. And, and tonight feels like maybe they can. We'll see. Um, I think actually this is a good matchup for Colgate if they're looking to pull an upset. I watched the uh, you know the the Colgate game at Clemson, and they were in that game, but Clemson's a little bit more physical than Syracuse. They play that harassing man-to-man defense, which began to wear Colgate down. And the game was tied with about six, six and a half minutes to go. Uh, Colgate had played a great game up to that point, but they just faded down the stretch. I don't see Colgate fading tonight. I, I don't think the 2-3 zone wears you down unless Syracuse goes out and extends full court. It's not going to be the kind of defense that's going to wear down Colgate starters. Um, Syracuse isn't very physical, especially up front. You know, guys like Marek Dolajai, Barama Sidibe, even Elijah Hughes at the small forward spot, they're not the physical guys. So this is the type of game that you could almost see a path towards an upset for Colgate uh, versus the Clemson game, which was, I think, a tough matchup. They have good three-point shooters. They're familiar enough with the zone, as familiar as anybody out there, because they play Syracuse every year. Four of Colgate starters were starters last year. They were here. They came to the Carrier Dome, and they were giving Syracuse a pretty tough game up until about halftime. Um, and they really didn't play all that well, or they didn't shoot that well. 
if Colgate can have a good shooting night, we could be in for an interesting game at the Carrier Dome. And they very well could. They're obviously very capable of that. This is a team that brings back its top five starters and scorers from last year. They add a uh, Bowling Green transfer that uh, certainly can be impactful for them. And their biggest guy, the guy that you would figure could mix it up on the boards, the best, really their two biggest, both could be on the perimeter, and that's uh, Rapalus Ivanowskis and Will Raymond, uh, two guys that are further along certainly in their careers than what Syracuse is going to throw at them, right? And when you talk about Barama Sidibe, Jesse Edwards, John Bolajak didn't even play in the opening game, can't imagine that, that he's much of a factor in this one. Yeah, Raymond, um, and I'm going to leave the, uh, the Lithuanian's name to you. You did an excellent <laughs> job of that, by the way. Uh, we'll just refer Sounded to him up. as Rap, uh, <laughs> and just leave it at that. His name, you know, his nickname is Rap. Um, I remember I met him when he was in prep school at Brewster Academy. I went to Brewster Academy about four years ago to do a feature story on Torian Thompson, who at that point had committed to Syracuse. And I went up to do Torian, and Torian's roommate is this kind of a cool Lithuanian kid, spoke enough English where we could communicate, playing the guitar in his dorm room. Um, and, and then, you know, he had already committed to Northwestern at that point. So when you talk about this, you know, when you talk about rap and he's at Colgate and last year he was their leading scorer for the year. He's their leading scorer this year. Um, he's a really dangerous big guy who can step out and shoot threes. He's the guy who was good enough coming out of Brewster Academy to get a scholarship to a big 10, big 10 school. And for whatever reason, it didn't really work out for him there, but he is a tremendous player uh, for Colgate probably the odds on favorite to, to be the, the Patriot League player of the year. And he Again. and Raymond are big guys that Syracuse's zone is going to have to be aware of because they will step outside and shoot threes. Rap hasn't actually shot the three very well so far this season, but last year he made 43% of his three-pointers. We were just talking, Mike, Like, what's the thing you're looking for for Syracuse tonight? Is it the starters playing cohesively in some way? Is it the young guards when you look at Gerard or Goodon coming in? Is it Does Robert Braswell get in? A Jesse Edwards? What's the main type of thing that I guess you're hoping to get a closer look at tonight? Um, two things. First of all, just in terms of the game itself and how Syracuse is going to do, I want to see defensive intensity. They're going to have to be moving. moving. They're going to be up on their toes because they're going to be stretched on the perimeter and they're going to have to make sure they get out on Colgate shooters. But more, I think, towards what you're asking, Brian, is I want to see how the point guards do. Okay. And I know different, you know, all three of them, if you, if you, you know, include Joe Girard in the group along with Bryson and, and Jalen Carey, they, they all come with different skill sets and different strengths, different weaknesses, things they're working on. You know, if, when Jalen Carey's in the game, I want to see if he's able to drive on his man, get, get some penetration, and what, what's he do once he gets into the lane? Is he able to finish, score? kick to an open shooter. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more out of Bryson. Um, of the three, he got the least amount of time the other night in the loss to Virginia. Never felt like he settled in. Uh, so more time for him. And if Joe Girard gets an opportunity again at the point, you know, how's that work? You know, does he show that he can, you know, handle the ball, you know, get the team into its offense and still get his shot and can he knock down a shot? We all know he can shoot, but the other night against Virginia was really tough rolling, and he went one for six from the field. The the, the only shot he hit was a three-pointer that hit the back iron, bounced way up high, and, and dropped through. It was You can't even call that a shooter's roll. Um, 
because it was just such an odd shot. And you don't want to see him make some shots and, and maybe kind of get his feet underneath him and get a little bit more comfortable himself. But I'm watching the point guards. I want to see how they did. I'd like to see them, you know, score. <laughs> I hate the expression <laughs> score the ball. But uh, just at practice yesterday briefly with Coach Saddle, and he says, you know, let's see if they can score 80 tomorrow. And just on base, what we've seen in the last, you know, middle of last year on, or really all of last year to now, the idea that this team could score 80 right now feels like a stretch, but I think it would start to answer a lot of questions if they could can do that and make people feel better about themselves. I'll take 70 at this point. Um, What's the taco because- time barrier? Have we uh, Has that been updated? It's got to be 70, right? <laughs> it's going to be a lot of uneaten tacos in this <laughs> yeah. town. Uh, the, uh, you know, if you look at last year's game against Colgate, Syracuse only scored 77 points. So we'll see what kind of tempo the game has. And you know, a team like Colgate might be having to move the ball around a little more, taking time on its possessions, which will hold down the score and slow the pace of the game. But, again, yeah, you want to see Syracuse score, and we can put a number on it, whether it's 70 or 80. But, you know, allowing for pace of the game, how about we just look at Syracuse's shooting percentage? You know, what do they shoot from twos? What do they shoot from threes? Are they getting better shots? Um, you know, that, that'll be obviously to watch as well. All right, Michael. Uh, we'll, we'll see. And if, trust me, I'll make a taco guarantee to, to you personally. If the tacos are not won by the team tonight, you and I are going out for tacos. I got you nachos last week. We're going to step it up. And what are what are nachos? You're just if rearranging, it's not, <laughs> not tacos that have been smashed into bits. <laughs> Brian, did you hear that? Did you guys get that on tape? That, that, that has been the, recorded. What's the radio phrase? Can we rack that? Yeah. Yes. There you go. We'll All make right. we'll make that a promo and go get tacos next week. How about that? I like okay. it. We could do the show from a taco. Actually, place. hopefully, based on this, we're not going out to get tacos next That's week. Right. <laughs> or there could <laughs> there could be uh, you know free tacos had by the community at the. Uh, but not us, because we don't have the tickets. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Okay. That's true. Yeah. All right. No we'll tickets. figure out tacos. Tacos will be had at some point. We'll, everybody loves tacos. Thank you, Sounds Michael, for good. being with us. All right, fellas. Have a good day. See you tonight. That is Mike Waters, Syracuse.com's men's basketball beat writer, brought to us by Oswego County Mutual Insurance. Okay. When we come back, get ready to give taco us a call. Wednesday. We'll, we'll, yeah, Taco Wednesday. We can coin a new phrase. I wonder if anybody's thought of yeah, that. Has anyone copyrighted that one? <laughs> We're going to play Pick 6. That's kind of a Wednesday afternoon spiel for us. We've got uh, tickets to the Seattle game to give away, and uh, we've got a pizza to throw in on that as well. So we'll have a good time with Pick 6 when we come back. Get ready to call us at 315-437-7644. That's 437-7644. Fun and games when we return in the booth. Brought to you by the Hoffman Sausage Company on ESPN Radio. In the Booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. Okay, lots going on today. Heading to the Dome here in a little bit. Orange basketball against Colgate. Colgate scheduling ambitiously. As we mentioned, they were at Clemson on Sunday afternoon. Have this game, which is an annual for them. Then next up, Auburn on the road. So we'll visit with Matt Langle on the pregame tonight. We'll be on uh, TK99 at uh, 5.30 and chat with the uh, Colgate head coach. Have uh, Coach Beheim, of course, uh, heading into that one. Tomorrow on the show, Adam Terry looking ahead to the uh, Orange and Duke in football. Uh, We'll be on the show tomorrow at uh, 2.15. We're going to kind of dual purpose it here. Get your phone calls ready at 315-437-7644. That's 437-7644. 
We'll play a little pick six for tickets to the Syracuse uh, Seattle basketball game, which is Saturday night in the Dome. We welcome in uh, Rick DiUlio, who's a regular uh, pick six. He's the Charles Nelson Riley of the uh, mm. pick six program. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. You, you, are need, the, you need larger glasses. <laughs> <laughs> the center square, you're a regular uh, competitor. I don't know whether you're on the side of the of the contestant. We, we've had you from time to time take your crack at the uh, the categories. Yeah, and I'm not very good. Uh, well, that's not a very good way to sell I'm better, it. I'm better than Paulie is, but I'm still... That's true. Yeah. That's also not saying a, a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> the, the high hurdles in the Olympics? This is a low hurdle. <laughs> yes. yes. Low bar. Speaking of uh, game show references, I, I know that it was kind of a talk radio mandate yesterday to address it, and we did not, but uh, the classy Alex Trebek is yeah. apparently dealing with another round here in his uh, fight against cancer, so pour out a little sum for Alex. Class act and uh, that was an amazing well moment. Did you see that that contestant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it multiple or was it more than one? I saw no, somebody. We was, love you, Alex, and Alex got choked. No, up. It, was, it was Final Jeopardy, but and was, the guy I think knew he didn't know the answer. He was so, way back. You know, he just figured, and and he risked. You know, out of the two thousand dollars he had, right. he risked nineteen ninety five, and the the final answer was we love you, Alex. Yeah. And Alex said, got choked up, but then said. Well, you've lost everything but five dollars. So. Here's five bucks. I think it was also a it's tournament of champions week, so it was a guy that had been on the show before. I saw this morning that James Holsauer, um, who was dominating the show in the spring, it's either I think it's either tomorrow or Friday. He is m- meeting in the tournament the person that beat him. Oh, the woman. Yes, uh, Emma. The, uh, right, Emma. I can picture her, and it said, uh, "What was the expression for her title? Something about a user." Experience librarian. What <laughs> the heck is that? Prepares you for Jeopardy. <laughs> Apparently, and uh, she was all over it. So yeah, good that, work that's there. later this week, though. I think they're going head to head in the tournament of champions. Okay, that's a, a good showdown. Three one five four three seven seven six four four. If you'd like to queue up for pick six, thought we had a victim there, Tommy. No. Okay, we'll get another uh, on the line here before too long and work people in. We got tickets to the Seattle game, and we can throw in a pizza from uh, Papa John's to our successful. Uh, caller here today. Well, we hit a little do we care there, Tommy, while we're waiting for the calls. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. So Seth mentioned it in his update, but Chase Young, the star defensive end at Ohio State, will be getting one game from the NCAA, so he'll be, he'll be missing two games with this suspension. He'll be missing games against Maryland and Rutgers, mm. two of the, if not worst, teams in the Big Ten. Hopefully uh, Ohio State can squeak by them. They are better than 50-point favorites on the road against Rutgers this week. And Rutgers has really, not only they struggled in general, they have really struggled against the top Big Ten teams here in the last couple of years. Just laughable results against Ohio State and Michigan in particular. The spread's only 50? I think 53 was the last 52 is yeah. what I'm seeing on ESPN right now with a 61 over-under. I bet Vegas undershot that by about 20. They are going to get just worked. But hey, what do you think now? It, their schedule goes Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, Michigan. Right. Now, that. if it had gone Maryland, Michigan, or Maryland, Penn State, Rutgers, Michigan, what do you think, uh, Chase Young? They might have just, oh, he's eligible this week. Oh, he's suspended next week. Little Bobby Bowden justice. Oh, we justice. figured it out. <laughs> yeah, we, oh, he was guilty. Stay of execution. Oh, but next week he's going to pay the price. Yeah. Some, uh, something like that happens. Just How about, magical. And, and Rick would appreciate this, too, the, where at Memphis, 
They're just they saying, just, yeah, whatever, nope. NCAA. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, oh, you suspended our guy, or you, you think you're going to maybe suspend him down the road? So what? He's playing right now. Yeah. So this uh, James Weissman of Memphis, if he does get suspended in the next few days or weeks, might only play one or two college games in his entire career, which is amazing. They ended up uh, beating Oregon last night, right? They so, lost. Or, no, they they lost, lost I'm sorry. Night. So they lost uh, in Portland against, against uh, Oregon. But uh, just... Crazy how that is going down, and uh, we'll see what's next there. But uh, always got to be skeptical of, of, of the way uh, these things are adjudicated in uh, college sports. We saw the second college football playoff poll last night. It was LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, with Alabama on the outside looking in. Any issues with, with that? No, same thing. It's still a ways to go before it's final, and... At the end, I would be surprised if uh, Alabama's not in it. I think a one-loss really? Alabama team is in. Even without being able to play in the SEC championship? Uh, potentially, but it also depends on how these other ones shake out. You know, uh, Clemson. First of all, LSU and Clemson, to me, are locks. Ohio State's probably going to win out, so, so they're pretty well in, and we're only really talking about that last spot. Can Minnesota get in with a loss in the, the Big Ten championship? If that's all they have with a question, Oklahoma, they don't have a strong enough. If they win the Big Twelve uh, championship, resume. so let's say the team Oklahoma's that, got the loss. The two early. teams Alabama's got to watch out for is if uh, if Oregon, especially, or if the Pac twelve chant runs it, or if both Utah and Oregon run it till they play each other. And now, now you got a big game. People are watching, which is what the committee seems to actually like. Right, right. Oh, you're watching it now. Oh, well, close loss. Yeah. How about that? Oregon's yeah. pretty good. What about a one loss Baylor? I mean, they, mm. if they make it no. to the Big 12 championship and win the Big Their 12 championship, their last game was against, uh, you know, they played Solve High School. They beat and, us in a non conference game. I mean, just stop. All right, uh, another one. The Jets owner, Christopher Johnson, has already said that Adam Gase, who has been on the hot seat already this season, will be the head coach next season. He will not be making a change in the offseason. Yeah, I don't, you know, I guess it is still rare when you fire somebody after one year. I'm not sure what anybody sees in this guy as a head coach. And I also don't understand why you have to say it now. I guess the only upshot here would be to keep it from being um, lame duck status or feeling like distraction. Oh, well, no, that you've got to. Ha- he's got to have some hand with his players, and he has none. If they know he's not coming back next year, there's a possibility of it. So now, when when the ownership says he is coming back, then um, he's still the boss. Have I told my Woody Johnson story before? Uh, no, that's a, is that more of a Kyle Federley story? Or well, is it's you a Kyle Federley. They're all Kyle Federley stories. Right. I just happened to be a party to it. We were at the first sporting event at MetLife Stadium. It was a lacrosse event. Syracuse was playing Princeton when it opened, and Woody Johnson and his handler, you know, they were taking a tour, and it's you know he's heavily involved, new building, whatever. I'm out of the booth, whatever. Come back. Kyle's standing there, like ten minutes deep into a conversation with multi-billionaire. Woody Johnson, like he's of the Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, he's one of the Johnsons. Like, no idea who he's talking to. (laughs) (laughs) Did the trademark? Was he wearing the suit and ball cap? That's Uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. He was, he was Woody Johnson to the T. He was so proud of the stadium. He's pointing out, oh, that's going to be my booth across the way. It's (laughs) going. I could see Kyle. Oh, good for you. You got even a booth in the yeah. stadium. It was. You come here often. What what brings you by today, (laughs) sir? You like lacrosse? Very good. That's a someone we should just That's do a, a Kyle nice Federer car you story. drove up in. <laughs> story hour. One more. You guys mentioned Alex Trebek. This was just a perfectly timed clue last night on Jeopardy. 
This sneaky alliterative baseball action has been done using a telescope, 1951, and an Apple Watch in 2017. Stephen. Oh, what is, what is Stein stealing? Yes. Perfect. I think you wow. buzzed in too soon. Oh, he had not finished yeah. the last syllable. He's got to get it all out. Got to get it out. Holzhauer um, would have whooped you on it. Yeah, see, that's what they it's say. It's not the buzzer, the answer. The buzzer's the thing. So that one was right on the money. The Astros doing some dirty stuff. We've addressed that. Let's get to a break here. Get our last one out of the way. We're going to put Rick to the test on pick six if need be. But we would love to have the community get a chance at a pizza and basketball tickets. It's all ahead with pick six four three seven seven six four four. If you'd like to join us in the booth on ESPN Radio. In the booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. Good to have you back with us as we wrap up the show today in the booth. Phone lines open, 437-7644 if you'd like to chime in on pick six. But we thought we would give our friend Rick DiUlio a crack at it. Rick is not privy to the categories. He sits on the other side. Those of you uh, watching on Twitch, you might be able to see Rick's shoulder, but you can see that he uh, cannot view the uh, the category board that uh, Brian and I and, and uh, Tommy have at our disposal you here. Gotta, you just lean a little forward there. Yeah, and, uh, get, and I'm nervous, i got to say. Yeah. Okay, uh, so what we'll do here, we'll put 30 seconds on the clock. You're going to pick, first you'll pick a category one to six. We'll put 30 seconds on the clock, and then if you get six correct, what we'll do is with the tickets, instead of, Rick, you like to, uh, sometimes you give to charity, what we'll do is we'll put it up to a lucky caller today. Yeah. Okay? Sounds good. If, if you're able to uh, secure it, okay? All right. All right, so uh, let's go one to six, Rick. Okay, uh, give me four. Four, category four. That would be, okay, from 2010 on, so okay. this decade, 2010 on, there have been nine different winners of the Hart Trophy. This actually works oh! out in your wheelhouse. All right. So NHL MVP, we need six of the nine names in 30 seconds when you're ready go. Oh, all right. Well, I appreciate the question. All right. Uh, your NHL fandom is on the line. Connor McDavid. One. Patrick Kane. Two. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly. I don't think so. No? All right. Uh, uh, Alex Ovechkin. Yes. Sidney Crosby. Yes. Carey Price. Goalie. I remember specifically him winning. Uh, Evgeny Malkin, I'm going to guess. Malkin, yes. Number two superstar on Pittsburgh. I was going to say, the same team. What are we up to, five? Uh, I think that was six. Did he get six? Did I get six? Anticlimactic. I think he did. I'm looking back at the list here. You went, you went one. One of these played for the crunch, I think, not too long ago that you didn't name, by the way. But he did get six. He got McDavid, Ovechkin. Oh, the other one. So playing for the crunch, I'm going to guess that's Kucherov. Correct. Nikita Kucherov. Okay. Last year's winner. Good work. Yes. That should have been in the front of your memory. Yeah. Uh, with the bonus. You jolted my well, memory. Some good there, names buddy. here. These are yeah. quality. What well, are the Sedin boys? Won it in the first year of the decade. Yeah, that's there. right. Yeah. Yeah. Henrik Sedin. Yeah. And a goalie mixed in there. Carey Price. Good work. Carey Price. Congrats. So we'll let you pick the number. Hurry up. We've got you 10 seconds left again. to show. Uh, caller number what? Uh, caller two. Caller number two at 437-7644. You're going to the game on Rick. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. Back on the air tonight at 530. Sportszilla and company next in the booth. ESPN Radio.